Hello and welcome to the Life is Gaming podcast. This is episode four. I am your host, Chris Pierce, and the date is July 9th, Saturday, as of the recording of this podcast. Um, Before I go into anything, I just want to say, uh, regarding two pieces of news that were out there like a week, week or two ago, um, regarding harassment to dev- to game developers, uh, specifically like the creator of Return to Monkey Island, as well as just devs from God of War, uh, from Santa Monica working on God of War. Um, we should not be bullying these people. We should not be doing anything to make their lives any harder. Uh, they're putting countless hours into games that we want to play, we want to enjoy, and we should just be treating them with respect. If you have an issue with something they made, uh, there is something called constructive criticism. Um, post post what you want on your on your your feeds, whatever. Uh, we don't need to be bringing this to them, throwing anything in their faces. And these are, these are two games that have they're not, they're not out. There, there's nothing that we should be waiting to see these final products. And even then, bullying of any sort is not okay. Um, so, to those who partook or think that was some funny or something like that uh do better and let's let's just grow as a community um so moving on to go into this week in gaming news we finally got a a release date for god of war god of war ragnarok specifically um it's gonna be coming out november 9th uh they released a little teaser uh doesn't show too much it is it's just a cinematic um that shows obviously Kratos and Atreus. You hear a little bit of dialogue from both. You see them in a battle of sorts. They something happens. They get knocked over. It looks like th- they get thrown like down a ca- uh, cliff or something, and then they come face to face with a giant wolf, which I believe everyone's speculating at this point is uh, Fenrir. Um, and I think that's a pretty good guess, <laughs> yeah, just based off of uh, what I briefly know of Norse mythology. And um, of course, the game's called Ragnarok, and that character has a lot to do with that in, in Norse mythology. Of course, I don't know how the story's going to play out. Um, but having a release date and knowing it's coming that... Not close. It's com- it's still coming this year. That, I think that's what everyone was worried about. Um, they, I know Cory Balrog, as well as others, were reaffirming us that it was going to still come out this year. So it wasn't... <sighs> wasn't too much of a threat that it wouldn't be but i mean just knowing knowing just takes a lot of that that stress off and i'm so glad we're getting it and not only that it's gonna be in the conversation for game of the year and when you have elden ring up there with it it's gonna be an interesting interesting talk at the end of the year (laughs) um obviously this podcast has started after elden ring has had its run and whatnot um, huge fan i love the FromSoft games uh me and my buddies played through it and we all got the plat and it's it's great i'm hoping to play through it again uh maybe before the end of the year we'll see um but i'm also a huge fan of god of war and that franchise and i cannot wait to see what we get with that uh it's supposed to be the end of the norse uh, saga i believe um i don't i haven't seen anything on like oh this is gonna be the end of kratos and whatnot i don't think they would post that beforehand anyway um but uh whatever they do because i originally didn't think we needed uh god of war to come back after god of war 3 um pretty much summed up well i thought it summed up his character he killed all the gods and greek mythology all that stuff and then boom here we are years later uh he's in the north norse mythology world he has a kid all this stuff he's just almost a whole different character but all at the same time he remembers who he used to be and the way they utilize that to build the character in his arc is just 
incredible. It's it's so good, and I can't wait to see where we go with him uh, and with Atreus, especially with uh, some reveals at the end of the last game. I won't spoil anything. Um, if you have not played God of War, please do so. I'm pretty sure they gave it away for, on PS Plus recently. Um, if you if, if you didn't get it then, borrow it from somebody. It is so worth your time. It is a phenomenal game that deserves uh, your time. <laughs> um, but yeah, looking very much forward to that. And speaking of that coming out November 9th, November 8th, another game's coming out that has been long talked about. It is Skull and Bones, the pirate game coming from Ubisoft. Um, oh man, even, even talking about it in the same breath as God of War, it kind of takes the steam out of it. But that does not mean I'm not looking forward to it. So it looks pretty cool. Um, I've always wanted another pirate game. I was a huge fan of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Obviously, there's an, like an Assassin's Creed template, and that's still in that game. Um, so I've always wanted one that's just, I don't know, just more just just being a pirate you know that being said i hate naval combat and usually in most games uh and if you've watched the trailer for skull and bones it naval combat is at the heart of this but that could also be a great thing for me uh it looks like they put a lot of effort into it and i'm sure people who enjoy that kind of thing will love this uh it looks like there's a lot of customization customization options for the weapons and um accessories you can put on your boat as well as the boat itself you start with like a little boat and as it is I guess your renown goes up and you become more popular as a pirate. Uh, you, you can get bigger ones and whatnot and just broaden your crew. But with that, uh, they did also touch on uh, some stuff you can do outside of just pirate uh, ship combat. And like you can explore islands, get treasure. Um, there's NPCs to interact with both like good guys and bad guys. And then of course it's uh, online multiplayer. You'll have, you can play with your friends whatnot um i think you can interact with other players as well i'm pretty sure <laughs> and that all sounds awesome that all sounds super cool uh it, it's just naval combat it's not necessarily my thing and then of course as i was saying at the beginning um it coming out the day before god of war this is probably not gonna be a day one buy for me i imagine this is gonna be a big thing for a lot of people um it sucks when you see things like this uh i'm sure people can remember it's unfortunately happened twice with horizon um with the first horizon game coming out um Horizon Zero Dawn specifically uh, it came out very close to uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and then fast forward a few years later and it comes out a week before Elden Ring. Granted that week where before Elden Ring it was all anyone talked about and it, they are both great games. Horizon's a great franchise. I'm a big fan. Aloy carries of course she's the main character. Um, she's awesome but when you have such a big game like uh, Elden Ring to the Horizon or unfortunately in this scenario God of War to Skull and Bones um, I don't think there's any chance that the conversation's not going to be swayed one way rather than the other <laughs> but I do wish it the best and I, I fully intend to give some time to Skull and Bones it looks really cool I am hoping to see more of what's outside of the naval combat I would like I would love to be able to just spend a lot of time exploring islands open world open sea i guess you call it it's still open world i don't know why whatever but i i i'm hoping in the next coming months we see some more regarding skull and bones and then of course this is all assuming it's going to stick to its release date nothing against them i know they've had a few delays and whatnot but uh it's just especially this day and age there's always a potential for a delay um, and I'll use that to go on to the next piece of news uh, regarding a big delay. So Forspoken was supposed to be coming out, I uh, believe, 
uh, sometime later at the end of this year. I don't remember the exact release date, but it's been delayed till January 24th, 2023. So beginning of next year. It's not so they obviously they didn't coordinate, but having God of War announced for this year and then that game being delayed, I think honestly is kind of a good thing. Um, because from what the developers posted, uh, the team behind uh, Forspoken, they it seems like the game's finished. They're just tweaking some things and making sure it's polished and ready to go. I don't think at all that they were trying to avoid coming out in any window for another game and all that stuff. Um, that does not work that way. Uh, but it coming out in January, because at least right now, um, unless I'm missing something, there are no other big titles coming out in January which is really good for Forspoken. It's the beginning of a new, fr- oh, okay. I assume it's the beginning of a new franchise. It's a new game, um, not tied to anything else, completely new IP. And these games we should totally support because um, we don't, obviously we get the God of Wars, um, we get the Horizons, sequels are not bad. We want to continue these stories as long as they make sense. And it's not like some form of cash grab, but we, we need to also just take the take our times with these new new titles. Um, and Forspoken is completely new. It looks awesome. I'm very interested in it, and I, it will for sure be a day one buy for me. And I and I do hope they stick to that January release date. Uh, and I, I can't wait to play it. Other than that, I haven't heard of any too many issues with the game and its development it hasn't been like in development hell or anything obviously had a few delays here and there but what hasn't at this point even Elden Ring had a delay it it, it happens COVID and whatnot take the time you need we don't want another cyberpunk on our hands so wish the team the best with that and I cannot wait to get my hands on Forspoken again January 24th 2023 let's see oh talking about sequels and then uh new IPs Another big thing is remakes. Uh, they're remaking the game Lollipop Chainsaw. And it's supposed to be coming out next year. I didn't see anything about like a time frame other than the year itself. So we will see. Not to say I'm sick. You should, you should take every release date with a grain of salt. And if they don't have an actual release date in just a window, um, even more so. Uh, it's just a good rule of thumb at this point. <laughs> Not pointing any fingers, not saying anything negative. It's it's just going to do you good. <laughs> um, but I never played the the original Lollipop Chainsaw. Uh, I've seen gameplay. I know it's supposed to be like over the top, ridiculous. I will most likely try this out. Um, I would like to see a trailer, of course. But uh, one thing I thought was odd is... Um, so James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad, the newest one, was a, supposedly tied to the original Lollipop Chainsaw. Um, and reportedly will not have any involvement in the remake i'm wondering why that is uh maybe they don't need maybe since it's a remake they don't need him there i don't know um i don't even know fully what his involvement in the original was but that guy's awesome (laughs) and i don't think it would hurt to just have him involved at all but he's also i imagine a super busy guy um with the third guardians movie coming out but again looking forward to lollipop chainsaw whenever that does drop um, but back to U- Ubisoft, they did announce they're going to be having their own, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, their own version of a Nintendo Direct uh, called Ubisoft Forward. Um, from my understanding, they've never had one before, I don't think. Uh, I think it's just a thing people are doing now in the absence of E3. Um, which, I mean, it's it's not a bad thing. I, I, I used to love tuning into E3 every year, uh, but we're still getting some form of announcements and whatnot. 
And of course, I would if if E3 does return, I would totally love to go. I know it's not an open fan event, but if there was some way I could end up going, it'd be awesome. I've been a dream. <laughs> but it's called Ubisoft Forward, um, and it's going to be on September 10th, 2022, uh, this year. So, from my understanding, uh, we're all expecting it to be like when they announce the next Assassin's Creed game, give more details on that. They haven't specified anything about what this uh, showcase is going to be. Um, I've I've heard that there's supposed to be an Assassin's Creed digital event, and they didn't specify this was that. Uh, but I imagine it will be. <laughs> and truth be told, I did fall off of the Assassin's Creed franchise. I used to play every game as it came out early, early on in the series. Like one, two, uh, three, the Ezio trilogy, all this stuff. But uh, that's it's a lot. <laughs> um, and I'm not to talk any crap about it because uh, I did give Valhalla a try and I intend to go back. I just uh, I got a day one for my PS5 and I played a good bit, uh, but it's huge. It's so long. Uh, <laughs> and again, that's not saying anything negative about it. It's just a very big game. But uh, other things started releasing and then uh, I just started playing other things and left that to the dust uh, but i do hope to go back to it at some point but I'm, i'll be curious to see where they're taking the franchise um i believe if you're going to continue a story like the, exactly that you should be focusing the story um obviously don't continue for money's sake and whatnot uh not saying that's what they're doing but for some of these entries, it seems like they've kind of gone downhill in terms of quality. Uh, but recently, like uh, Valhalla is supposedly very good. Um, I know Origins was the beginning of like the new play style and whatnot. And just new RPG system and all this good stuff. So hopefully as they continue to evolve and grow with it, uh, we, we get something definitely different from what the normal Assassin's Creed template has been. As well as something cohesive as a story because uh, at some point like i get you want a franchise um franchises are definitely good for studios and whatnot um but as somebody who played the original games like i had an attachment to desmond uh desmond miles the original protagonist i just find it spoiler alert kill those people off <laughs> um but since then i just i have not been able to really cling on to the story um, of what's going on outside of the Animus, essentially. Uh, when you're inside, of course, it's it's just good fun. It's interesting uh, the way they use an already established history and manipulate it to tell a fun um, story. But I, I would just like to see that narrative become more of the focus instead of just the gameplay. Uh, but I mean, that's me. If you, if you love it, you love it. No, no hate. <laughs> um, and I mean, if they end up doing something like in Japan, something like that, I would probably give it a try. Cause the whole reason I picked up Valhalla cause it was Vikings. So, Hey, <laughs> they're, they're definitely at the point where there's probably something for everybody. Um, outside of what they could be presenting for this showcase. I obviously I just said Assassin's Creed. Um, uh, what are what are some other franchises there? Oh, they have Prince of Persia, um, which I think was announced to have like a remake coming, and then it got canceled or delayed indefinitely, something around that terminology. 
I imagine this would be a good point uh, or a good event to be like, hey guys, it's coming back. And I know a lot of people would totally be down for that. Um, I just don't know if you would want a remake of the original or if you just want something completely new, a reboot of sorts. I, ma- I imagine whatever they put out, the fans will be happy. I, or at least be willing to give it a shot. Being happy or not, we'll have to wait till the games drop. Um, and then outside of that, I think they have Splinter Cell, Beyond Good and Evil. Of course, I have no idea what they're going to bring up. Uh, these are just some franchises I know they are uh, the head of and just some things that could potentially bring up. But I'll be tuning in for sure. Um, there, I, I like to give everyone a shot, no matter what studio they are, all this good stuff. Uh, I just want to see what they have to offer. And I love talking about games, of course. Okay, so moving on, um, some Rockstar news. Uh, obviously, it was announced a good bit ago that Grand Theft Auto 6 is being, well, is in development. Um, as far how far into that they are, who knows? It's probably going to be quite a while before we see that or see anything from it. Um, there was a potential. This is none of this is confirmed. Uh, it might as well be a rumor. Um, but there, there were supposedly going to be a potential chance for remakes of Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto 4. And to focus on the development of Grand Theft Auto 6, they're shelving those and going to be just focusing on 6, which is not bad. Obviously, the more manpower on 6, the quicker we get it. The better chance at high quality, all that good stuff. Um, I myself am not a huge Grand Theft Auto fan. No hate for it. I just never beaten one. <laughs> Very much like the Assassin's Creed stuff. Uh, it's a huge game. Um, I've tried multiple. Let's see. I've tried three. Vice City. Sa- I've tried multiple. Yeah. <laughs> I've played three. San Andreas. Vice City. Um, I did try four. I played five when it came out. I recently bought uh, bought it again when they released it on PS5, but I've never beaten one. They're just so big. Um, I don't know. Uh, I have ADD, full disclosure, and uh, it just I I can be turned away from a game very quickly. But I know. So in regards to franchises that um, Rockstar is behind, uh, I'm a huge Red Dead fan. Red Dead Redemption was great. I even played Red Dead Revolver before that. Um. And then I adore Red Dead Redemption 2. Another game I didn't think we needed because <laughs> Red Dead Redemption it was a pretty solid story. Still is. Not saying that's changed. Um, but anytime I hear of any form of prequel, I question it because uh, prequels can easily mess with something you already love. But Red Dead Redemption 2 did it very well. They played the prequel, prequel game very well and it lines up perfectly with Red Dead Redemption. And it would have been really cool to have that re um, not reboot remaster just to that's a lot of content, but play through two again and then just go into Red Dead Redemption one. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like, uh, at least for now, it's not going to be happening because uh, they are focusing on Grand Theft Auto six. Uh, and I can't imagine too many people are going to be upset about that. I know some of the Red Dead fandom probably is. I'm a little bummed. Um because more Red Dead content is more Red Dead content, and I'm here for it. I would have played a remake immediately of Red Dead Redemption. And speaking of Red Dead content, they have so this one is official. Rockstar did announce that they are no longer. No, 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 no. Let me let me rephrase it. 
Um, they're not going to be putting out any big updates um, for Red Dead Redemption Online. Red Dead Redemption 2 Online. Uh, it's going to be a continuation of pretty much the regular seasonal events and whatnot. And um, that pretty much not too much other than that is going to be coming to it. So it's going to be just cycling through. Um, if you've played Red Dead Redemption Online, you should... You're probably already aware of the lack of support it gets from um, their devs, but with it being a time period piece, I can kind of understand. <laughs> it just kind of it's it's a bummer. Um, it's not like you can get like a new horse every week or something like that, where you can get like new vehicles, new technology for like something like Grand Theft Auto Online. But to hear this is kind of a bummer. It's just uh, I haven't been playing it actively in in a while. Last time I touched it, I played it a good bit last year. Um, with some buddies of mine, but uh, I just it sucks because uh, to hear in the same week that um, there was potentially a chance at a remaster of the original game that being shelved again, speculation, but <laughs> and then along with that, not getting any big updates for Red Dead Online, it's just it's just a bummer i can't think of another word for it it's not the worst thing in the world of course i mean they're doing it because they're working on grand theft auto 6 and i imagine that fan base is bigger <laughs> um grand theft auto 5 is like one of the best selling games ever uh they've released it multiple times and i imagine it's done successfully each release so i mean at least it's to focus on something but uh i mean it just sucks as a red dead fan <laughs> Um, hopefully we get something in the coming years or an update or something um but we'll see along with that uh, just a funny little side uh, side story is uh apparently there's a community of players in red dead online that are going to be planning a funeral for the game itself <laughs> um i think that's incredible <laughs> it's hilarious uh, i love it when the fans kind of take things into their own hands with something like this because obviously we're not going to be getting a lot of content for it. It's just, it's like it's a fan-made event uh, for a very funny reason. And it, I would love if the developers of the game saw that. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's about all I have for that. Um, and of course, I'll most likely play Grand Theft Auto 6 when it drops. I gotta see some trailers first. And of course, it depends on what comes out at that time. Because there's no way it's not going to be a huge game. How do you top five? I have no clue. <laughs> and then another piece of news from this week uh one of the writers for guardians of the galaxy uh big game big game that came out last year from ido idos ideas idos montreal is going to be the head narrate head of narrative for the next mass effect game i say next mass effect game i know i refer to it as mass effect 4 i imagine most people do they haven't announced that yet <laughs> Uh, all we have to go off of is there's another Mass Effect and there's that one little teaser uh, where we believe that's Liara. But I think this is incredible news. Uh, I, I wanted to bring this up specifically because one, Guardians of the Galaxy was one of my favorite games last year. It completely surprised me. Um, combat was pretty fun. My main thing was the story, the narrative, uh, the dialogue between characters, all uh, character-driven story, character arcs, all this stuff, and just that what that is a little superhero game, and it's so awesome. It's it, it can be oftentimes hilarious. It can be often like sad and serious, and there's just so much to grapple with in that little game because uh, it's not very big. Uh, granted, they're traveling around the galaxy, but. It's pretty self-contained for the most part. Um, but to have a writer that was part of that working on 
the narr- like heading the narrative for the next Mass Effect. I, I think that's incredibly exciting. Um, anybody who's played Mass Effect, I'm sure you know the backbone of that whole series uh, is is the narrative, dialogue between characters, those moments, the story, the world building. Um, I I love the Mass Effect series so much. Full disclosure, I have not beaten Andromeda. I'm not gonna crap on it here. Uh, I've I'm sure everyone's heard or has formed their own opinion of the game at this point. Um, obviously, it's pretty negative. <laughs> Um, but I still fully intend to go back and play Andromeda at some point. Uh, it's on Game Pass to those who have Xbox uh, and Game Pass, of course. But um, Mass Effects 1, 2, and 3, uh, one of my favorite, now that they're in the Legendary Edition, I just consider that one game because it's my one of my favorite things of all time. I remember renting Mass Effect 1 as a kid from Blockbuster and just loving it. And then you get the sequel years later. I say years. I have no idea. I was a child. (laughs) Um, Then there's a sequel to it and your stuff carries over from 1 to 2. And then from there you get a third one. Stuff carries over from 2 to 3. It's insane. Uh, It was the first time I'd ever encountered something like that. And I I don't think, um, unless it's something I missed, I haven't encountered a game that does that same thing uh, so at least so well as the original Mass Effect trilogy did. And I I can't wait to see where we go with this. Um, for the most part, no matter what they put out, like trailer-wise, I'll probably grab this day one. Um, oh, man. I, I can, cannot even express how excited I am for for Mass Effect 4. Ah, oop, almost did it. The next Mass Effect game. Um, and the fact that they have somebody who is attached to a story I already, like, I loved. Guardians of the Galaxy was told so well that story was so good um and the way it focuses on its characters and its team and all that like that's such a good person you would want in a mass effect game obviously mass effect is going to be a good bit bigger i imagine uh obviously one two and three it just kept getting bigger in size um i assume it would happen again with this one there's very little to no details (laughs) on uh, the next mass effect which i think is also a good thing Um, because I think they learned their lesson from Andromeda and they just want to be taking their time and making sure this game is pristine and up to snuff before we get our hands on it. And I'm all for it. Uh, Love the Mass Effect franchise. Please take your time with it and give us something great. Which I'm sure they will. Oh, man. (laughs) So earlier I talked about if I would would totally go to E3 if I could and if it was still a thing. Um, I completely forgot. I have a list of things I'm running off here. (laughs) E3 is coming back next year. They announced that earlier this week as well. Um, it's being run by the whoever runs the PAX conventions. Um, it's not going to be like shuffled in with PAX. E3 is still going to be like its own separate in-person event. But it, it's super cool that it's coming back. Uh, if they, I, they haven't released any other details on that. It's coming out, I believe, July of next year. Might be June. June or July of next year. I say coming out. It's not a game. <laughs> it's happening. Um, but if there was some form of fan event for it, I would, I will totally be looking out for that. And if not, I mean, I'll just tune in and enjoy it like I have, like I always have. Um, I know E3. The question's been thrown around. Do we still need this? Is it still something that people care about? Um, I can't speak to the whole gaming community as a whole that I loved absolutely love tuning into e3 every year seeing all those gaming announcements in one spot um i'll be interested to see who actually participates this year 
because I there, so many people are doing the whole direct thing like Nintendo has Nintendo direct PlayStation has the state of plays um, Capcom had a showcase that was I, I'm a huge Capcom fan and I love almost everything they put out but that that showcase was not the greatest um and then we have the ubisoft one uh xbox obviously has their own thing whatnot uh i would just love to see some of these people participate in like something like an e3 maybe they would it'd be better there um surrounded by other announcements rather than just individual little shows because uh, my issue with the capcom one it wasn't bad at all uh, capcom's probably my favorite developer um at least in the conversation um they just showed a lot of stuff you've already seen. Uh, they announced an announcement for uh, Dragon's Dogma 2. And then at that event, they announced that Dragon Dragon's Dogma 2 is a thing. And I believe this was their first <laughs> their their first attempt at one of these. So completely fine. Uh, they had stuff to show. They showed like five extra seconds of the Resident Evil 4 remake, um, which looked good. I was happy to see it. But uh, when you look at something like the Square Enix one, um, where they, they showed all this stuff, like they have mobile things coming, they have the remake of Crisis Core coming, um, gave us a trailer for the next Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. It's, it, I don't know. I understand it's a balancing act. You don't want to give away too much at, at one time. And to, in today's age, uh, again, with release dates being so hard to stick to, in a lot of scenarios, you got to be careful what you actually put out there. Because while they aren't continuously just watching us fans, like frothing at the mouth for whatever they're putting out, they 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 definitely most likely feel the pressure when thousands and thousands of us are just like, oh my god, Dragon's Dogma, Dragon's Dogma 2 is coming. I need to release date now. All those good stuff. So I would love, I would just love to see E3 flourish, do well next year. Um, and I will, of course, be tuning in. But I think that about wraps it up for the gaming news side of things. Um, just a couple of things I'm looking forward to this month. I actually just got back home from doing my pre-orders. Well, pre-order. Uh, the Nintendo Switch exclusive Live, uh, Live Alive? Live Alive. I don't know how you pronounce it. It comes out July 22nd. Uh, it will have a physical edition. Very excited for that. Um, and it also has a demo out right now that you can get on the N Nintendo eShop. I definitely think you should check that out. It's very cool. It's one of those HD 2D um, remakes. Uh, I never played the original. I'd actually never heard of the original until um, they started promoting this. And the demo is really fun. You play as these different characters in different like time um, eras, like eras of time. Literally, there's one like in feudal Japan. There's another one in deep futuristic space. <laughs> Uh, stuff like that. Uh, the demo only lets you play one chapter out of, with three of those characters, uh, like three different eras. Um, but it, I like I played through it in a day, the demo, and I cannot wait for more. I hate that it's not until the 22nd, but I mean, it's this month. It's just a few weeks away. It'll be fine. And then actually the week before that, for July 19th, uh, we're going to get the game Stray. That's going to be on PS4, PS5, and Steam. I didn't realize this till today, but you can only pre-order it on Steam right now. Uh, for whatever reason, you can only wishlist it on the PlayStation consoles, which is unfortunate. I just want to, I just want to pay for it. <laughs> but I will definitely be getting that day one. Can't wait. Who doesn't want to be a cat? Uh, going through like a futuristic cyberpunk air, uh, world. 
lastly, I just want to go over a couple of things I've been playing. Um, excuse the format of this. This is my first solo episode. Didn't really know how this was going to go. <laughs> but recently they released a DLC for Monster Hunter Rise, which is uh, called Monster Hunter Sunbreak. And I just wrapped credits on that uh, about two days ago. If you're a Monster Hunter fan, you need to have it. It is so good. It is everything you want from Monster Hunter and more. There's all these new monsters. There's interesting variants. Um, a whole new, like two new areas to hunt in. And um, the difficulty curve is noticeable. Uh, if you're not looking for something like to be extremely hard, you, I mean, as you're playing through it, you'll get like gear, new weapons, all this stuff, ramp up your weapons and whatnot with new abilities. And it's completely doable and will get easier. Uh, it's just when you first encounter some of these monsters, uh, specifically, I had issues with the flagship monster. Um, notice the monster on the cover of the game. It is a really cool fight. I was stuck on it for multiple days. <laughs> and maybe that's just me. Maybe you'll get it first try. Who knows? But uh, very cool. And then what happens beyond that? Super awesome. And then, of course, once you actually roll credits, you, as is in most Monster Hunter games, Actually, probably all of them now that I'm thinking about it. There is a whole new world of things to do. <laughs> like a class of monster and everything to do after actually beating the, the DLC. So definitely recommend playing that. It is 100% worth your time. Uh, there is so much content. It's essentially just adding another game to the game you already have. Of course, you do have to have Monster Hunter Rise to be able to do this. And you essentially need to have beaten Monster Hunter Rise to be able to access this DLC. Um, I know there is a bundle out now. If you haven't gotten Rise, I uh, definitely suggest it. I do think it has, at least gameplay-wise, it's my favorite Monster Hunter. Um, for one thing and one thing only, Palamutes. Uh, you get a dog companion along with a cat companion. And it is it makes such a difference. Not only is it, because I have a dog and a cat, so now I have both in my game. Um, you ride the dogs, and it, it just adds so much mobility. And it, it, it is so much fun. It, it's really cool. I love Monster Hunter. I can't wait to see what comes next. They're going to be providing updates. I believe in, like they've confirmed through 2023. And it's just so much fun. I love that franchise. I love this game. And I love the DLC. So definitely recommend. Outside of that, uh, I recently just purchased a number of games. I just got Neon White. Uh, it's a Switch. Well, okay. It's on Switch and PC. Definitely recommend that. It's only, it's, it's only $24.99. It's a really fun. It's like a... It's like an FPS dating sim with card-based combat <laughs> with like anime elements and the main character is voiced by Steve Bloom. If you pretty much watch anything animated, you've probably heard his voice somewhere. Um, I know him primarily as the voice of Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop and just as always, he's great here. It is a lot of fun. I literally bought it yesterday, so I don't have too much to really add on to it, but it's super addicting. It's really fun, and I definitely recommend it. Um, and then outside of that, I also recently bought Resident Evil 2, the remake. Uh, it is on sale for 15, uh, around 15 bucks, I believe, on the PlayStation Store. And then I got Asura's Wrath on Xbox. <laughs> it's on sale for $3.99. Um, I haven't played that game in a very long time, and I never beat it. I was When I was a kid, I rarely beat, beat games, but... It's on sale for like $3.99, and I was like, I'm absolutely going to have to get this. And then outside of that, I got Final Fantasy X, because 
if you've listened to the first three episodes, uh, we talked a lot about Final Fantasy, and I heard great things about that. And it is also on sale on PlayStation for around $13. So I was like, why not? Um, oh, and then lastly, I can't believe I almost forgot, the Samurai Jack game I also got. It is currently on sale for 13 bucks on the PlayStation Store. And it is incredibly fun. The combat's really enjoyable. Uh, if you're a fan of the original show, which I am, I love it. Uh, from what I can tell, it has all the original voice actors. And it's just a really fun time. So definitely recommend that one as well. Um, but that pretty much wraps up what I have to say this week. I'm going to be trying to do this. Uh, I'm looking for weekend releases. We'll see. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. This is my first solo episode. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ADHD Crispy, spelled C-H-R-I-S-P-Y. I'll be back next week. And until then, stay safe, stay hydrated, and have a great week.